0: Looking back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the big talking points of the day, this is
1: Pass the Post. Good morning everyone and welcome to Pass the Post for Sunday, December 13 and I think it's fortunate we are past the post from a Brisbane racing point of view because today's weather is certainly uh, a lot less kind than what it was yesterday. Michael Maxworthy from Sky Racing who joins me now. Brisbane studio, we had a bit of a, a, a showery morning, but in the end, the day turned out perfectly uh, with the heavens falling when they ran in the last. Yes, and that was the,
0: the rough result, wasn't it? Allison of Tuffy, uh, the, the rank outsider, scoring in the last race on the card yesterday, the Just Now. But the other results, David, the, the first eight, um, I think putters might have finished on the right side of a ledger yesterday. Um, there were no
1: surprises amongst those winners. I would suggest so. So we're going to review this meeting at Eagle Farm in detail. And, of course, we'll look back at the highlights at Royal Randwick yesterday where it was Villiers race day. And, well, you're certainly going to earn your money this morning. That's the reason we've brought you in today because you are – what do they describe you as? An uh, an, uh, Asian racing expert. Is that what it is? That's it. I don't know what
0: that That means. That was
1: something they threw up years ago. But But in all seriousness, of course, it's International Race Day in Hong Kong. We've got those big four races to the end the day. You've had a good look at the four, Yes, um,
0: and all the interest is in the big grey and the sprint oh. classic legend. Um, he's only been in um, in the training system at Shah Tin, uh for a short period of time. I, I see where he's only had three gallops and a trial, a bit of a controversial trial, um, <laughs> But I did see him gallop on on Wednesday with a partner at Sha Tin and he slipped up in 23.1 doing it cruisy and clearly having the the, the measure of his stable, mate. So um, I'm going to be sticking with him today, classic legend, but we'll talk more about that a little later.
1: We certainly will. Let's go back to Eagle Farm and the feature was the Gateway, the second running of the Gateway. This is a race exclusive to four-year-olds and the winner earns an automatic entry into the Stradbroke. The favourite was Profit at $2.70. By the 400 metres and Master Jamie leads away. Frosty Rocks comes to the outside. Stampy and Big Odds coming through the centre. Throwing out a challenge. Profit's under pressure. And then came T. Master Jamie on the inside. Stampy on the outside trying to get him. Profit's up to third. Master Jamie's in for the fight. Master Jamie's in front. Stampy's trying hard. Master Jamie pulling out everything. Here's the post. Master Jamie. He got it. Beat Stampy, Profit and Vinko. Then came Paddy Agua. Followed by Frosty Rocks, who didn't come on. Smart Meteor. Barney's Law. Well back was T, who didn't come on in the straight in the center, out towards the tail. There was only a short half head in it, but the judge's nod went to Master Jamie. Michael Rod riding for Rocky Trainer Graham Green. We're going to explore this story in some detail now. And first up, Michael Rod is kind enough to join us as our first guest on Past the Post. Michael, good morning. Congratulations.
2: Yeah. Good morning, guys. Thank you for that. It was, um, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a great result, especially uh, winning it for Graham.
1: Yeah, and just give us for our listeners, just give us the backstory to to your association with Graham Green.
2: Yeah. So when I came up to the Gold Coast to um, from Sydney, uh, we to Brian Guy's stable there, uh, riding track work. He was there every morning, um, obviously, and and race day. So you know, we obviously saw quite a lot of each other and. Um, actually, uh, there's a story and it's, that's why it's nice for me to repay him. Um, one morning at track work, I was walking out onto the track and when the the crossing used to be at the gap and, um, a horse I was on whipped around and I got hung up, my foot went into the iron and it started uh, lashing out and I was under the horse and I was getting kicked and I was sort of, um, I was out of it for a bit. Then I was back again and luckily, um... Uh, the old uh, starter there, Jeff, he was able to run out quickly and grab the horse's head. And then Graham actually came out and he picked me up from underneath the horse and got my foot out of the iron and, uh, yeah, sort of held me until the paramedics come. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a hairy moment. And uh, it's nice to, all these years later, be able to repay
0: him. And you pulled out all stops yesterday. Sky had some wonderful close-up shots of you and Master Jamie Michael over the last 100 metres. It obviously meant a lot to you, that victory yesterday. And what a horse he is. First time at 1,400. Just take us through um, your pre-race plans. We are all talking in the build-up to the race yesterday that Frosty Rocks loves to lead. So does Master Jamie. Did you have a plan before, before the gates opened?
2: Michael, we did. I spoke with Graham and and Les Tilley. He was there and, you know, he gave me some, um, just a few little insights into the horse, obviously, because he's ridden him in most of his victories and most of his starts. And just to let me know about his little idiosyncrasies. Um, So I was able to have a good chat to those guys. And Graham said, just as he's going to 1400, he really didn't want me, obviously, taking on frosty rocks either. He said, you know, ideally sit out or follow follow him behind on the fence. Or if if I was able to, you know, kick on and and get a softish sort of lead just because he was obviously a question mark at the 14. But um, as it transpired, he began okay. He wasn't great out of the gates. And I looked to the inside and saw uh, Frosty Rocks began really well, which he can do. He's very electric out of the gates. And, um, you know, he probably put two lengths on me. But as I was coming across, I could just see Glenn was looking to ease instead of roll. And um i just slowly came over and when i saw him actually put frosty rocks back onto the bridle and saw that he wasn't going to rock along um that's when i just just made a quick little move there and whipped around him and um you know luckily i had the the horse under me that could do it he's you know he's, he's very explosive early but then you sort of got to be mindful for the rest of the race to try and conserve as much as you can and Yeah, look, we got it quite easy there, um, you know, around the back and and coming into the straight. So I thought I'd just have to get him going. He's a horse that sort of winds up and then just sticks on and likes to break the other horse's hearts. And, yeah, when he kicked around the turn, I knew I was going to be in the finish, but just a little bit concerned if a horse with a turn of foot sort of went past me and put half a length on me, whether I'd be able to crawl that, uh, sort of grind that back. And um, luckily Stampy came off my back and it was just a bit of a slog, that last 100 metres. And... I actually thought he was going to draw past me, but um, to my bloke's credit, um, he just showed heart and, and fought on and, and just held on.
1: Michael, your winner, Master Jamie, also provided a, a broader talking point on the day because Master Jamie was glued to the rail on the straight. Now your other winner in the first race, Paladas, we'll talk about him soon. You came down the the, the the centre of the track, or certainly say seven or eight off. And I think the, the talking point that it provided was the track yesterday, and it was going to be a talking point, we were back at Eagle Farm after two months, that you could race on all parts of the track, whether it was hard against the rail or out of the centre, come from behind or lead. So I just, I'm just interested in your thoughts, your appraisal of the track yesterday. Uh, David,
2: obviously, um, you know, the, the track's come under a lot of um, scrutiny and criticism over the, you know, the last 12 months and, um, you know, probably rightly so. Obviously, there's been a few issues out there and we were all very eager to see how the track was after its little renovation and, um, and its time off. And, um, you know, I walked the track early with Jim Byrne and, and he was pleasantly surprised with how the track looked. He had a lot more experience with me with the track than I had. Um, and I was just listening to see what he had to say and he also noted that the grass was sort of really uh, holding on. it wasn't It wasn't breaking up, so... Um, but no, it raced really well. The the first race, um, you know, with the amount of rain we had, it just, obviously it just sort of drains very quickly and it was a perfect surface, you know, they were getting their toe into it. Um, and, but obviously you sort of had to see how the day went on and, and the results. And like you said, they were coming on the inside or down the middle. It just looked, as, it looked an equal fair surface from inside to out and, It rode really well, you know, it's it's a credit to the guys. They've got the track going, hopefully, um, you know, look, it's not perfect, but it is getting there and um, it's just great to see that our premier track is, um, you know, is uh, on the move and uh, looking like the days of old. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed everything keeps going forward and, um, you know, we can show not just our own participants here in Queensland, but also the guys down south that, um, Eagle Farm's back in business. And, uh, yeah, if you want to win the, those big races it's coming up to Magic Moons or over the Winter Carnival, then you need to get up
0: here. Well, you're you're certainly up here. You're back in a big way. I was just having a look at your stats. You started riding back in Brisbane last Friday week at Ipswich where you got a winner straight away. I think you've had 21 rides since then, five wins, four in town. So, well, you couldn't have uh, dreamt of a better start back home. Yeah,
2: it's been... Yeah, it's been really good, Mike. Like, obviously, um, you know, this is where things started for me and it's great to be getting back up here. I was probably came a little bit earlier than what I thought, but I couldn't be happier. It's, um, I've taken a little bit of time to sort of get back into the swing of it. Just when I was down in Melbourne, I wasn't riding a great deal, not much track work and a bit sporadically on the race day too. I was, you know, had one or two rides here and there. So I hadn't really been able to really push a horse out that's been in contention for a while. So um it's it's been good to get on a few now that it's uh you know that are still there at the end and um i'm just slowly getting my eye back in so it's been really good and I've, obviously yeah i'm getting a lot of nice support from um from the guys that used to support me when i was here first and and then there's some new new clients around as well
1: michael i just want to dig a bit deeper here this return to to, to queensland of course you know over the next decade uh your young ones will be, will be going to school and uh, and and you'll have family life here, but I also get the impression, just by the way you're talking this morning and, and what I've seen over the last week, you're always. I know you're a perfectionist. I know you're always very proud of your profession, but I think I, I get the feeling that that you're very happy to be back here and you want to do everything you can to promote Queensland racing. I, I maybe I'm wrong, but I'm reading between the lines that that's you, you, you've got a real spring in your step to to really do your job well and do a job well for Queensland racing. Yeah, David.
2: Look. Queensland racing gave me everything that I was able to go on and uh, propel on to doing. I mean, obviously the cream always sort of rises to the top and finds its level, but I had such a head start here in Queensland and obviously I had a very good grounding with my apprenticeship and um, you know with my master and then uh, moving forward, just the support I had early on from all the trainers here and then that was, I was able to sort of springboard off that and travel and um, I won the the apprentices title here three years in a row and Queensland racing organized for me the first year to go to New Zealand which Mm. I made I had a month over there with John Wheeler and um, uh, Graham and Debbie Sand at Saunders and um, I made a lot of connections there which is obviously the, the New Zealand horses come out to to the carnival here every year in winter so I was able to get connections there then the next year I was lucky enough to go to Dubai and I was up there for three weeks with uh John Sadler and it was a it was a great experience it was the first taste I had ever had with European jockeys and how they rode up there and then the final year I went to Hong Kong and um that's when things really changed for me that was um when I was able to go up there and ride um, permanently after my apprenticeship so yeah Queensland Racing's given me all this and I've, I'm, I'm uh, you know I've, I'm very lucky to have it so yeah I, I'm back now and of course I want to try and sort of raise the awareness of our racing up here at it's just getting better and better. These, you know, obviously yesterday's a very good highlight, the $250,000 race. So the summer carnival is underway, and, you know, obviously Magic Williams Day is such a big day. And, and you know, it's, it's there's no secret, all all the southern staters they love being up here over Magic Williams time. They love to get up there. It's a, you know, it's a great atmosphere. It's a different atmosphere. Um, I think. I can, I can compare Magic Millions Day to our Derby Day. Um, Derby Day as a jockey and a trainer and an owner is a day that you want to have a runner, you want to be there and you want to be riding in every race and Magic Millions Day is the same thing it's, uh, you know, 10 races of the best from obviously the Maidens right the way through to the, you know, the staying, the staying races and then culminating in the, the two and three year old Magic Millions. So, you know, it's a massive day and, and, you know, it's a day that we've got to be very proud of and like I said everyone wants to be here if it's a top trainers or the top jockeys they want to be in all of those races so we have so much to offer and then obviously the winter carnival so yeah look obviously i want to bring attention to that and um you know the more you know the more owners we can sort of bring to the state and the more money we can bring in as well we're all going to be um we're all going to get something out of that doesn't matter where you sit, you know on the rung whether you know you're from a strapper to a jockey to a trainer um, and, you know, to anyone that has anything to do in racing, it's going to lift us
1: all up. Well, I tell you what, that uh, that speech then, that's given you the uh, the greatest role. You can become the ambassador for Queensland <laughs> Racing now. I think you've won it hands down. <laughs> Wasn't even rehearsed either. Great
0: effort. Michael, um, <laughs> this was his second The Gateway. We've only had yeah. two of them. He, he won on uh, Vega 1 last year. Michael, the, the horse you rode to win the first race, Paladas, now this was declared... Um, uh, I know that Tony got on stable, were very, very keen on him yesterday. I remember talking to him Friday afternoon at Doombin, and he said, uh, Palladass is my best chance tomorrow, and he said he could be in the gateway next year. What sort of a, a feel did he give you yesterday?
2: Yeah, he's he's obviously a very talented horse. Uh, i galloped him. He was the first horse I galloped when I actually came back here to track work. And I remember I, in the gallop, I worked with Ryan Maloney and... Um, you know, we both were just sort of blown away with the way he worked. And I came back into the stable and a few of the guys said he can do that. He can work really well. And sometimes he doesn't sort of bring it all to the track. But I galloped him once more after that and he worked the same, but he's just the horse that's putting it together. But um, there's no reason why, you know, in the stable that he's in, that he can't sort of, you know, obviously make his way to a, to a race like the Gateway, and and who knows beyond that? It was a very soft win yesterday. Admittedly, there was a little bit of interference in the race, and I was able to stay away from that, but he's a very professional, very calm sort of horse, and it was arrogant in the end. He um, he rolled around a lot in the straight, and, um, yeah, he lost his compass a little bit, but, yeah, it was soft, and, yeah, he's a horse with, obviously, a bright future
1: just one question before we let you go and we appreciate your time this morning this is a personal question so don't you don't have to answer this what did glenn boss say to you when they went past the post yesterday (laughs) come on tell us no
2: it's something that will stay between us but Ah. uh, it's just a bit of banter yeah when i was a kid i used to watch uh corey and glenn they would do that a lot um in group one races down there when they were sort of both at both at their peak and um i've had a fair bit to do with both of them we're all up in singapore together and um you know, there was a bit of carry on up there, but it's just a bit of fun banter to um you know, to lighten the moment and to make it a bit more fun.
1: Good on you, mate. Thanks for this morning and it's good to have you back. Congratulations on yesterday. Excellent guys, thanks for having me on. Michael Rod joining us this morning and uh, he's making an impact already, uh, with within just over a week, which comes as no surprise, of course. And He's a great addition to, to Queensland Racing at present. He he enhances or adds to its profile. Let's continue this Master Jamie's story. Uh gritty win yesterday, courageous win, and a man who I'm sure watched that last two hundred meters very intently was his trainer Graham Green, and Graham's on the line now. Graham, like with Michael, congratulations. It must have been a long two hundred last two hundred meters, mate. Oh, mate, I don't think I've
3: ever <laughs> um ridden a horse out as hard as <laughs> in my life as that.
1: <laughs> and the good thing about this was well, we saw him earlier in the year, uh, Master Jamie. You, you brought him to Brisbane. He won those races back-to-back. And I remember calling him in both races thinking what a courageous horse he is because he was carrying the big weights. He's the one who has, He does it out in front. He makes his own luck. And, again, that, that, that courage was personified yesterday because, you know, Stampy just kept coming at him, but he wouldn't let Stampy go past him.
3: No, he's he, he got that bulldog in him. If he, um, and like I've said along, he, he he was perfectly ridden yesterday too. Michael rode him a treat. Um, he relaxed for him in the middle stages. He's got some cheap sectionals. And, you know, if he can do that during a run and he eyeballs a horse, you know, like that fight yesterday with Stampy, he uh, he is very hard to get past. And, um, you know, it, it personified the... the the style of riding that Michael has now—that um, he virtually only hit him with the stick two or three times in the straight—and yeah. yet his hands and heels and the vigour that he rode him out with, you know, the horse responded beautifully for it. And um, yeah, he, he's a bulldog. He doesn't like getting past, and he, thank God, yes, he he, uh, he hung on. So.
0: Graeme, it was a big prize money race and it takes him well over half a million dollars. Um, cheap by by the 10,000 that you paid for him at the the yearling sales at Magic Millions. But tell me about this ticket to the Stradbroke. What does that mean for a trainer like you?
3: Oh, well, it's, um, I suppose it's a bit of a dream come true. Um, you yeah, know, we all strive to um, to reach these pinnacles of, of the great races, and you know, and um, since we've moved to Queensland, you know, the Stradbroke has always been, to me, Queensland's greatest race. Um, and to have a horse that's eligible for it now, it, it, it's a great thrill and a great honour. Um, you know, whether, you know, it's a lot of water to run under the bridge between now and then, but um, our our eyes are set firmly on that now for... for um, next
0: year and um you know all, all roads will lead to it so uh, you know it's onwards and upwards for him from here on in david um river lad remember he won the Stradbroke for nat mccall th- i think there are some similarities with this guy
1: yeah certainly river lad, a, a front runner a go forward horse and uh, graham we've talked about master jamie with michael and yourself what a, and, and yourself but what about yourself your background you, you said you've settled in queensland just give us a bit of a background to you
3: Well, um, I I'm born and bred in northern New
1: South Wales,
3: a little country town called Lawrence. It's um, where um, um, Teagan Harrison grew up as well. It's just north of Grafton. I started training in the the late 70s and 80s in Grafton, and um, while I was training, I I did an apprenticeship in greenkeeping, which led me through to um, applying for a position with the uh, Gold Coast Turf Club as their turf maintenance manager. And um, going there, I had to forego my my trainer's licence as a conflict of interest. So uh, it took a backward step for for many years. Um, From the Gold Coast Turf Club, then I I, um, moved on to Rockhampton where I was the course manager there for quite a few years. And then um, my wife took out a trainer's licence when our two youngest daughters grew up and the passion of horses was firmly implanted in their blood. Um, she took out her license and she trained very successfully in, in Rockhampton for oh, roughly fifteen years, twelve to fifteen years so and then we moved back to Brisbane for uh, four or five years where um, I then took my license out again and um, and we're, we've done a complete turnaround now to move back to to Rocky to be close to um, our grandchildren and um, you know and it's, it's
1: gone on from there. That's a great story. Michael and I have been scratching our heads this morning. We remember when you and your wife were, were here in Brisbane. What was that horse you had? I'm sure you trained at Deegan that, that got to open company flying something. Flying riddle. Flying riddle, that's right. We could we couldn't <laughs> yeah, remember <that>. it. <laughs> flying riddle.
3: No, he was a, he was a lovely horse. Um very quirky horse, but uh he gave us a lot of thrills and and at one stage I think he was going for four or five straight metropolitan wins in a row so you know he 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 was
1: a nice horse lovely horse well master jamie's a lovely horse have a look at that record just staring at us 13 wins and four minor placings from 22 starts so he's a winner and he was a big winner yesterday big payday big moment for you and and now you can just sit back and say well whatever happens he's they can't take that away from he's there in the Stradbroke next year thanks for your time this morning Graham. it's a great story
3: my pleasure. Anytime. Thank you very much.
1: Graham Green joining us this morning. David Stampey was quite good yesterday. I thought that was a
0: career best for him. Profit, wanting further. Um, and I thought um, Patti Agua was quite good under the circumstances. He checked in in sixth spot. Um, and he was only about, what, five lengths off the winner there. I, I thought that was,
1: um, that was a, a top performance from Paniagua yesterday. It's amazing how you can catch moments you just happen to have your eyes at the right time. I can see Justin Huxtable post-race was downcast. He, he was he was sad because, the, you know, and he was trying to do it for his master, Chris Munson. Chris just gave him a pat on the shoulder. It was a good moment to watch, but he raced well, Stampy. Uh, he's uh, been a little in and out this time in, but but he was certainly on the ball yesterday, but just missing out. Well, that was the gateway. Let's go to the Briby, the listed Sky Racing Briby. And putters got it right here. Uzmanov was the well-backed favourite at $3. Sugar Boom in front. Usmanov is trying to throw down the challenge. Boomtown Lass coming off their heels. The others can't win. Sugar Boom hands and heels by Cassidy has got a length margin. Usmanov won't give in. And then Boomtown Lass, they've got to Sugar Boom. Usmanov reached the lead. Boomtown Lass came late, but it was Usmanov from Boomtown Lass. Sugar Boom and fourth over the line, Akasaki. Then Spurcraft, Mr. plague stone, Capital Connection, and Justorm out of the tail end. Usmanov getting home by half a head, it gave Robbie Frad a riding double and Toby and Tread Edmonds a training double and they just missed out on the treble when Moutsey was beaten a short half head in the last race. Mm. But Robbie Fred's on the line. Morning, Robbie. How are you? Morning, David. I'm well and you? Well, thank you. Usmanov's the sort of horse you like to be on because you know he's going to be up there. No bad luck for him. Puts himself into the race and generally, if he's not first past the post... He's in the top three, so he's a, he's a good horse for a jockey.
4: He is, David, yeah, very consistent horse. Um, so And he gives his best all the time. Um, but, you know, I think with a with good barrier, it did help a lot. Um, but I was just a bit worried there was a lot of speed. I was, I was quite prepared to sit behind the speed, but he jumped so well. Um, and obviously Tony's horse was a lot quicker. So I was quite happy to follow him.
0: Was was uh, she just dying on a run a little bit, uh, you felt, Robbie, or were you really charging at the line there on Osmanov?
4: I think she she probably, the last 100, she, she probably died a bit on a run. Um, but in saying that, he, he's a horse. He's, he's a bit um, very laid back sometimes, you know, and um, the harder you ride him, the more he's going to give you. Yeah. So I knew I was going to, you know, um, go past her and pick her off. But, um, I was just worried about some of the other horses coming from behind me. Whether they're going to catch up and probably put me on the line, but you know, just a bit of luck, and um, the line came just in time.
0: Yeah. I, I love watching David Robbie in the last 200 metres of a race when he's fighting out a finish. He's just all
1: over the horses, he encourages mm. them. It's great, it's great to watch, I know, especially <laughs> if you've got your money on them. Exactly. I know that. <laughs> now, Robbie, just before we leave Usmanov, that was a thousand metres yesterday. What, yeah. in your opinion, is a thousand is metres his best distance?
4: I think, he'd be, I think he'll, be, he'll be just as good over 1,200 mm. um, because, you know what, only when you kind of dig him out and you rush him, he will put himself right there. But if you don't, he's, he's a pretty versatile horse. Um, he could sit just behind the speed, you know, or even 1,200 if he's, if he's quick enough like he was yesterday, um, he could probably lead up or sit second like I did. And I don't see him running out the 1,200, no problem at all. I don't see him having a problem with it at all.
1: He's he's relatively lightly raced. That was only his 19th start yesterday. He's a five-year-old, and that was his seventh win. Let's talk about this two-year-old, Alpine Edge. You've had a bit to do with him before race day yesterday. Just tell us, before race day, what was your opinion of this horse riding him in the trials?
4: Well, he had his first trial at the Gold Coast. Um, Jimmy was on him. Um, It was just a quiet trial, so um, we took him to do for his next one. You know, Toby wanted me... Make sure that you know he knows he's in a trial and uh, he needed to to do a bit of work. So he said, "Just dig him out there and just have him up there and you know just push him to the line." He wants he needs to know what to do because he's a very laid back kind of horse. He's very chilled um, and he, he needs to know that you know this is this is business for him and um, just make sure you know that he gets to the line solid. I said, "Okay, no problem." In fact, I think it was the last twenty meters. I put my hands down and Toby said no, 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 you should have kept pushing him. He used to know what to do. I said, no, nah, I think I he think had done enough, Tobes, you know. <laughs> and um, I said, geez, you gave me a lovely feel. But, um, you know, obviously race day and races are different. Um, but the idea was yesterday was, actually, in fact, on Tuesday morning, I galloped in with, um, I think it was Pepe Few And um, I sat a couple of lengths behind him and I just went straight past him in the straight. So.
1: right, I wish so we'd was had It good, was a though, good
4: mate. piece of work on the grass, yeah. It a good piece of work, definitely.
1: Now, now you, you, you led yesterday from barrier one, but uh, am I right in saying that you didn't think you would lead? I think most form students thought Baby Wong would lead, but it slipped at the start, and all of a sudden you are in front.
4: That's right, David. Um, look, I was prepared to to follow Baby Wong. Um, I fought a few jumps, and he goes. I'll probably just park myself in behind him, but I did want to get off the fence um, with this horse because he's quite a big horse. and um, Once he slipped and my horse jumped, so well. Um, you know, two-year-olds, you just don't take them back. Just let them flow up there, and he's a he's a kind of relaxed horse. He won't overdo it. Um, and I got a nice lead. I was a bit soft on him the first half of the straight, and um, and then he got going, and he's still very green. He was just kind of running away a little bit, probably from the big screen and all that. Um, it kind of jumps out at them, just that last hundred. But, um, yeah, he, he was tough to the line, and I still think he wasn't 100% fit. Um, there's still more to come and the fact that other races where there's good speed and that you can just sit him in behind and he'll be fine. Yeah. yeah nothing. He, he's an exciting prospect. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Trent said the same thing, David, after the race, he's just so relaxed. Robbie's saying the same thing. And that, that horse, the Glen Road uh, Rambo that got up outside you, um, again, your fellow didn't really react often. That would get horses started up. Wouldn't it, Robbie?
4: It normally does, especially the youngsters. Yeah. Um, especially first-timers, but, you know, he wasn't too worried about it. Because he's such a chilled customer, I mean, you see, you see him walk around the ring there, and that's his first first time at the races, and it's like he'd been there before, and he just walks around, but Toby said to me, look, when you canter him down, give him a little slap down the shoulder, he needs to wake up, you know, he's, mm. he needs to know he's here for for, for work, and um, I did that, and he kind of just took a hold of the bridle and and uh, gave a good canter down, he was kind of keen going down, I thought, oof, okay, well, he knows he's here. So, um, yeah, very exciting prospect and um, a lot of improvement to come from that.
1: Yeah, and, and that, that's the point worth making as well as we close off on this interview, that, you know, a win's a win, but you know you've got a, a product underneath you that, that is going to improve. It's going to mature physically and mentally. And nice for you to be in a position five weeks out knowing that you've got a, a real live Magic Millions chance. Good luck uh, good luck on the Magic Millions, but plenty of winners to come before then. And, and congratulations on yesterday, mate. Always good to talk to you. Nah. no. Appreciate it, David.
4: Thanks, Michael. Thank you so much, Ben. I appreciate the interview. Robbie, Fred joining us this morning.
1: David, good to
0: see um, the local side. Better than ready, um, yes. getting a good horse here in Alpine Edge. So often this time of the year, you know, we're talking about you know million dollar colts that won that acrobatic yesterday in oh. Sydney was cost a mill. Um, this fellow was one hundred and sixty thousand, but better than ready. Um, Jeff Kruger from Lindhurst was uh, quick to point out, sent both Bernie and myself a text yesterday to say that better than ready has sired the, uh, two of the last three winners of the field. and Reddy, I think the Odyssey was the other one two years ago. Good-looking horse on edge, isn't he? He is. Yes, he's a lovely horse. Good authority. Hasn't, hasn't um, fully matured as yet. Um, you know, it's still pre-Christmas with these two-year-olds, but he looked big and strong in the yard yesterday, and uh, there's a hell of a lot to like about him. I remember actually seeing... Uh, an interview, a post-trial interview with Jim Byrne when he rode this horse in his first official trial at the coast, and Jim put a massive rap on him, mm. Jimmy Byrne. Yeah.
1: Well, Toby Edmonds, we interviewed him the day the or the day after the Horovian won the recognition, and we were talking about you know future carnival uh, prospects, and this was the one he mentioned, Alpine Edge, and because he, yep. he hadn't raced at that stage, so we should have copped the tip then as well. He's twenty-one dollars into fifteen now. For the magic millions and Cochrane, who kept chipping away couldn't quite get there but an encouraging debut nevertheless he was uh, 101 dollars into 26. yeah he's a he's a horse that has a totally different physique to alpine edge
0: Cochrane. he's he's got a lot of developing to do i thought his effort yesterday was terrific given that he trialed at ranwick on tuesday mm. he had the float trip up here and just missed out and you mentioned baby wong slipping up a start aaron bullock said later Um, that he was adamant that that cost
1: him the race. Fair enough. That was the feeling ready. Let's go to the Callaway gal. We've been talking about Master Jamie being a great result uh, for for Central Queensland. Well, he didn't have it on his own. This uh, Philly Sweet Dolly from Central Queensland as well was able to get the prize. Here's the replay. Oriental Princess leading Rhapsody Rose. Fake Love sitting three wide, but travelling well. Then Miss in charge. Sweet Dolly. Princess Bojack, followed by True Moonlighter. Summer Beal, five off them. And gaps to Apple Tail and Love and Feeling. Fake Love, boss hasn't gone for it yet. She's travelling great guns. Sweet Dolly, the North Queenslander, gets into the clear to give chase. Summer Meal can't win. Fake Love going powerfully. 100 metres left to run. Rhapsody Rose boxes away. So does Sweet Dolly. Fake Love in front. Sweet Dolly coming down. Coming quickly! Sweet Dolly got up. She ran out, but she still beat Fake Love and Rhapsody Rose. Not sure about fourth. Uh, prominent there was Apple Tart running on, also with Miss in Charge. Then came Oriental Princess, followed by Summer Bill Never a Factor. Then Love and Feel in True Moonlight and Princess Bojack, last over the line. Well, Kevin Hansen's travelling back to his rocky base. He'd be singing along to music this morning in a very good frame of mind. But the man who steered Sweet Dolly to victory is Justin Stanley. Great to see Justin come to the city and win on this filly. And he's with us this morning on Past the Post. Justin, congratulations.
5: Thanks, thanks Dave.
1: What about, uh, we've seen it now, uh, how she she ducked out twice, but... Were you of the opinion or did someone say that, that she may have reacted to the big screen when it came up alongside of her?
5: Yeah, look, um, that was sort of my um, initial reaction. She, she definitely saw something and uh, whether it was the big screen or not, but uh, she shifted out quite abruptly. And, um, yeah, the last 50 metres when she sort of, probably 60 or 70 metres, when she seemed to get inside the big screen, she straightened up and she went straight as narrow again. So I sort of um, put it down to possibly being that.
0: Justin, coming towards the home, Ben, you could see she was just parked in a lovely spot behind. How good was she travelling at that time,
5: uh, Michael? Look, once I got into a good spot, sort of one out, one back at the half mile, I was I was confident she'd run well. But coming to the turn, um, when they started to quicken and the pressure started to be on, I actually had to just come back a fraction. I was just going too well, and, and when when that happened. Uh, I was really confident. I was able to sort of get out and and get on the back of of Bossy. And it's just a matter of trying to get clear running and just seeing what she had left. And, um, yeah, I sort of got the running and the rest is history.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to point out that her her greenness or her immaturity, I mean, she still ended up winning by nearly a length. Uh, You know, you could conceivably say she should have won by more the question I want to ask you is here, you, you partnered her in Townsville when she won in late November. So we we, we see the form, we see the video, but we, we say to ourselves as form students, well, what did she beat? How good she, is she or how good isn't she? So when you won on her in Townsville, what, she obviously gave you a good field. Did you think this is a filly who could go to the city and be competitive?
5: Yeah, look, uh, when she won... Kevin's initial plan was to um, take me straight out to the, to the paddock, and um, I sort of had a word to him, and I said, "Look, I can't. I've been lucky enough to ride a lot of good ice horses over the years, but um, obviously, I've been doing the majority of my riding in North Queensland, and probably haven't haven't put my leg over a real good one for a while. But I said to him, I just can't tell you how good she is because she done everything so easy. And mm. um, coming to the turn at Townsville as a, a fraction worried, worried, she was sort of just on the bridle and. I wasn't sure how much I had left and I just give her a bit of a squeeze and she clicking up and I knew I had him covered and, and every time it changed, well, I just give her a squeeze. She went again and I said to Kevin, look, I, she feels like she's got a lot a lot left but, you know, until she gets put under pressure, I don't know if she's going to find four or five lengths like she gives me the feel she will or, you know, she's at the top. Um, but, when I was talking to my manager, Donald Terry, that night, he asked me and I said, look, well, I'm, I'm normally pretty conservative but, um, I said to Donald, I said, so I think she could be one out of the box and, and, you know, be sort of possibly a black type filly down the future. And I didn't probably expect it to be two weeks later, but um, she did give me a really good feel, probably a feel that I haven't haven't felt in a horse for a long time, especially um, a two-year-old first starter.
0: Especially that last 100 metres ye- uh, yesterday, Justin, when she'd straightened up in your her with your hands there. You know that you've watched it several times. I mean, she just charged through the line there yesterday and she handled pressure okay, didn't she?
5: Yeah, like I said to Kevin at Townsville, I think um, she'd be better over 1,200 back then. I still think that's the case. I think the further she goes, I mean, the last 100 metres or probably 50 metres of the race yesterday was her best. And she really towed me through the line. And, um, you know, I ran through the line strongly. And I actually had to um, put in a bit of an effort to to pull her up once we went past the post. So she was quite impressive.
1: Justin, many of our listeners wouldn't be aware, but uh, you are actually the state's leading rider—fifty-seven wins. You've ridden more winners in the state than any other jockey, and most of your riding is outside of the metropolitan area. Are you happy with your lot at the moment? Are you happy to keep it that way, where where you go, where you're in demand?
5: Oh, look, it's—I am. Um, I suppose I'm a big fish in a little pond. Um, I'm a sort of heavyweight rider, and. I can ride heavy up there and um, pretty much not get my pick, but every, every horse I ride at the moment um, I'm getting on the, on chances, you know, so I'm happy at the moment, but look, obviously every ride i could like to probably ride, you know, in town or things like that. But um, there's a lot of riders down here and, you know, like I said, I'm sort of limited with my weight. So there's no point trying to ride in town and, and ride sort of 54 and get on a couple of slow ones. So I'm happy enough um, what I'm doing and, when the opportunity arises, I come to town and I'm normally pretty close. Um, You know, they normally race well for me.
0: Pretty hard with jockeys too in town these days, David, because there's so many southerners that have arrived up here and um, I notice a lot of our jockeys... um, without mentioning names, some of them quite high profile, leaving, rushing out of doom and Eagle Farm on a Saturday to go to Toowoomba to try and make their numbers. So I, I understand what Justin's saying, but Justin, it's been another great year for you. I was just having a look at your last 50 rides. I think you've had 15 winners. So what's that about
1: one winner every three and a half, David? Well, my maths aren't the best. You've got <laughs> me on the spot there, but I'd say something like that. But yeah. hey, Justin, um, uh, always good to see you win a race. Um, you're a... Um, uh, Credit to to the industry and uh, to win that listed race yesterday, I'm sure gave you great satisfaction. Thanks for your time, and we'll chat again soon. Thanks, guys. Have a good day, Justin Stanley. Joining us, they say everyone's equal when they go onto the racetrack. Isn't this a great case in point, Sweet Dolly? Cost mm. fifteen hundred as a weanling, versing fake love, a three hundred eighty thousand dollars purchase from a, a big. Big, you know, high-profile stable. Yeah, sweet so Dolly won. It's amazing, isn't it?
0: And her time uh, was was pretty similar to Alpine Edge. The cold, um, a faster last six hundred was turned in by Dolly. There, um, given what happened in the home straight,
1: the future looks bright. Well, well, I, I think the fact that the that twice she, she she ran out, uh, the, the margin clearly could have been greater, which meant the time could have been quicker as well. Fake Look, love, she was obliged to race three deep outside mm. the leaders. Oh, but she travelled. She travelled.
0: She, she did. I'm just a little concerned about her at the moment at 1,200 metres if mm. they, they push on to a 1,200 with her. Um, Rhapsody Rose was... I thought Miss in Charge... Now, that's the horse that Sweet Dolly took out. Mm, I thought yes. she was terrific. She was wide, a first starter, with only one public trial under her belt. And, look, she, she looked a little bit beaten at the time, but i got an idea she was going to rally and, and be in the finish. So um, you'll see the margin, three and a half, next time missing charge goes around. But if she draws a gate,
1: she might be something to bet on. We'll just finish off on the two-year-old section. We'll have a listen to that replay of, of Alpine Edge winning the, the feel-and-ready beating Cochrane. Here's the replay. Five lengths span them, they straighten for home, 400 left to run. Alpine Edge travelling well for Fred Leeds. Rambo being roused up to come after the leader. Baby Wong into the clear, Cochrane putting in, and the other's headed by the QS. But Alpine Edge, he's got the lead. Cochrane on the outside a length behind him. Baby Wong trying harder. The Rambo can't go on. Alpine Edge still the leader. Cochrane is trying harder. Alpine Edge in front, he's hanging on. Alpine Edge, Alpine Edge, big Cochrane. Third over the line, Baby Wong. Then came Rambo, the QS, at the head of the others, golden 80. Second last was Prime Asset and Rafale was the last one home. Alpine Edge in 58.67, Sweet Dolly 58.79. Let's go to the last race of the day, the Aqua Constructions just now. Listed race for the fillies and mares. Bookmakers were prepared to gamble with the two favourites, Crone and Exhilarates, but Crone went off favourite at 4.20. In the sweeping and driving rain, they come around the turn. 4.50 left to run Epic Girl alongside Spirit's Choice. Coming up 3-1, Alison of Tuffy. Thine is the power. our baby. Splendour on the grass. Coming to the outside as Exhilarates and is about legs behind it. They're putting in though. Meanwhile, Epic Girl's giving something at odds. Alison of Tuffy is trying hard at really big odds. Then came Croner. mousy is flying down the outside. Epic Girl, Alison of Tuffy. mousy is flashing home. The poster's coming up. Alison of Tuffy is in front and I'd say just one from Mountsy and Crone and Epic Girl they're followed then by Skate to Paris, Dine as the Power, Baccarat Baby, Spirit's Choice Exhilarates then Splendour on the Grass well back was Riverbird, Akage finishing ahead of a few of those and Panino last over the line Allison of Tuffy home by a short half headed 100 to 1, the classic old last race Ruffy, 100 to 1 Yeah, uh, the bookies uh, (laughs) back in the old days would have been cheering. Um, They'd have got the lot, wouldn't they? Who is Alison of Tuffy? uh, I don't know. another question you can't answer me.
0: She's a daughter of uh, Manhattan Rain, and just assessing um, the race late last week, looking at her, number 15, I'm thinking, well, the last win was a BM72. She'd been pretty good between the 70 and 80 benchmarks in Sydney, but, you know... uh, a little bit of give in the ground there. It did rain ten minutes before, might have helped her a
1: little bit. I think I was talking with Nathan either last week or the week before. I said when they get uh, replated before the start or vetted before the start, they never win. Now that proved me wrong. She was vetted at the start at yeah. the request of Ron Stewart, cleared, and wins.
0: Yeah, she wasn't only. I know a Cargay was hundred and one dollars. It went okay too. A Cargay running well. I thought the run of the race was clearly mousy. Yes. Super from back
1: in the field. Yeah, exactly. Let's go to another race yesterday. The Eagle Way. This is a dress rehearsal of sorts for the Grand Prix in a fortnight's time. And no one making a move at this stage. They've got that long Eagle Farm straight to enjoy. And it's Roke out in front from Mount Shark Coming out three wide now. Here's a move by Ali Raj. Then Dune 45, way beyond, about to launch a claim. Nearer the inside was Marie trying to, to navigate a path between runners. And Good Soys, in contrast, comes to the outside. Bird's getting right up to the inside on C-Marie. He's making good ground in the process. They're coming after the leader who is still Roke. Way beyond joining in. Dune 45 not far away. Good Soys down the outside. Way beyond reach the leader. Good Soys climbing in. Marie still a neck behind them. Good Soys out wide. Took the lead and won. Good Soys beat home way beyond. They got tight at the end. Third over the line was C-Marie. then Roke and Dune 45. He's a good maiden. Then came Mountmore Shark. Pure deal. Gonzo followed by Ali, Raj and Petunia pulling up at the tail end.
0: There was a tip there, David, for next time maybe.
1: Well, June 45. June 45. I think it might be going to the Grand Prix. Oh, okay. They've got they've got lofty expectations, oh, the, well. the connections of June 45, but he is a good maiden. But what did Len- a boss say to Michael Rod? Because when you're calling the race and they, they got a bit tight and I thought, well... I thought Boss was blowing up about something. I thought, we can't be blowing up, he's won. Yeah. So, I could possibly have been the day before at Doom, but I think
0: Michael had a couple of winners and Glenn struck out, but he got him back. Mm. But there might have been a bit of language or something going on as well, so Michael wouldn't tell us. Good toys, uh, lightly
1: raced filly, but promising.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, The three place getters there. Ran well against each other at Durban over the mile a fortnight earlier, but she had the pull in the weights. Good soys there um, with only 54 over C. Marie. I thought C. Marie was still quite good. It was seemingly a, a race of tactics there through the first half. C. Marie was forced to go towards the inside, and I don't know whether she, well, Desley Borster said that she doesn't appreciate. Being between or She's better with it when she can get to the outside, mm. balance up and run on. But Good Soys clearly had a measure yesterday and uh, they're not going to press on to the Grand Prix with her, uh, maybe give her another start over a shorter distance. But she's a filly by Adelaide, just looking at her physique, chestnut filly, that she is going to really develop nicely. Once she has a spell, that was only a fourth start yesterday, she could develop into a, an Oaks filly come the winter.
1: Well, she will develop into a Good Soys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Other winners were Valario for Nat McCallan and GTT, a promising type, won the, the Summer Provincial Final. That was a great day of racing at Eagle Farm yesterday. we back up there on Wednesday. Just before we go to a break, Mike, of course, Doomman Race Friday, Ballistic Boy winning the Doomman Mile. He's a firmly on target for the Sub-Zero, the, the staying race on Magic Millions Day. I tell you what, if you took the short odds, uh, it was a bit of a, uh, yeah. a bit of a watch. Well, it was uh, track was rain affected there at Doomman.
0: The first time he'd been on a... Um, a a shifting track and he was sort of stop start usually he's a horse to travel strongly in his races but he was on and off the bit um, giving snitch what uh, four five lengths head start approaching the turn we're all panicking but you could see when he turned into the straight he was really starting to gather momentum and it took him the whole length of the straight to run them down so he's had what three runs back last two at a mile clearly He's wanting something a little further now as he heads to that sub-zero,
1: which is only a month away over the 2,400. Yeah, I think uh, the, he may go to that shootout race yep, as the final in the way. 2,200. Take a break here on past the Post. Thanks for your company this morning. We'll come back and have a look at the features from Royal Randwick yesterday. Past the Post on Radio Tab. Broadcasting live from our End Street studios here in Brisbane, right in the CBD and leaden skies outside there today. I'm sure there's more rain around. But let's have a look back at Royal Rambic guests today. The Time Honoured Villiers, the Group 2, was the feature. The favourite was Cry Adiris at $3.90.
6: Graceful glamour, she does her thing, rolling along in the lead. She's looking for a first round win today, and at the 600 metres, she's two lengths clear from Outrageous. Then best of days, Almahaha. Fun fact: pulling out, Sambray looking to come off the fence from Reloaded. Then Royal Celebration through the cracks. The four-year-old Creoderus, the favourite, is still back last. Graceful glamour at the 250, full of running, three lengths clear from Outrageous. Best of days. Then came Almahaha back in the field. Creoderus is. Seven lengths away, running on, but Graceful Glamour's well clear from best of days with a late surge. Creodaris flying the outside. Graceful Glamour just in front, got the money in the valley as Graceful Glamour from other best of days. Creaderis wide out and through the cracks, surging at the end. Then came Reloaded, followed by Almahaha, Savakul then Birtebeck. Further back to Fun Facts, Sambro, Royal Celebration, Outrageous Drifted Out, and Military Zone was about the last to finish.
1: Paul Joyce made this the best bet of the day on select racing yesterday when it was $7.50. It started at uh, $5. Amazing with graceful glamour. You know what you get. She's a front-runner, but... She hadn't won for a long time when she won that ATC Cup. But how often do you see it? They win one, they, they go back-to-back, back and she did that yesterday.
0: Yeah, um, she's a terrific front-runner, isn't she? And she's been a stable stalwart. Uh, remember the interview yesterday. Mark Newman. he was sort of over the moon. And Rachel, they won this race last year with Quacker Jack, mm. similarly straight to the front, and, and home she went. Um, so all honest with Graceful Glamour. When you can win a big mile at
1: ranwick from the front, you're going well. But
0: there were a couple of other terrific runs in the race, David.
1: Well, there were. And Cryo Dearest will always be one of those be on me next time. Well, but, he will. But the but the problem is that the racing pattern, it seems like he has no speed at all and just gives away too big a start.
0: Yes, well, they put blinkers on him for the first time yesterday and still he was back last, giving them 10. If you look at the sectional time, Graceful Glamour ran 34.18. The last 600, he must have been 10 lengths off the lead. He pulled to the outside. To be beaten a head and a nose was just an extraordinary performance. Yeah, he's just got so much ability.
1: I just wish he had a, a little bit more early tactical speed. They upgraded the track to a good three earlier in the day, but the, the overall time, which we can see at Randwick, we, we see them run really slick times, 133.47 on the clock. Let's That was the group two. Let's go to the razor sharp, the listed race, and a theory was the uh, the favourite here at
6: $3.80. Space Boy, he's only got one style of racing here. He likes to go hard, and hard he goes turning for home. Space Boy by a length and a half on A Theory. Southern Lad improving on the inside of Snitz. Passage of time in and up down the outside. A Theory went to Space Boy now, and A Theory took the lead. Two lengths clear from Southern Lad running on at the 150. A Theory's drawn clear of Southern Lad, and then came Passage of Time in and up. Tactical advantage very late, but A Theory's clear, and A Theory goes on to win the Razor Show. From Southern Ladder. Tactical advantage got up to run the third in front of Passage of Time. Then Brave Song in and up and snits. Space Boy drifted out and Intuition was the last to finish.
1: She was freshened up for that listed race yesterday. Hadn't run for six weeks, coming off a third in the, the Niverson back in uh, late October. She's a four year old by Lonro for, for Godolphin. And you were saying, Mike, off here that uh, we may see her up here. Possibly. Um, they could want to, you know, chase a little bit more black
0: type, send her up here while she's in such good form. And as you say, she's um, she's still on the fresh side. She loves Randwick, doesn't she, a theory? Uh, she's won three of the last four. Um, here at headquarters in Sydney, and she did dominate that race, uh, winning by a length and a half, be- beating Southern Lad. The two-year-old race was interesting yesterday. We touched on it slightly earlier. David Acrobat, a million-dollar colt by Fastnet Rock, he was actually entered for the Feel and
1: Ready, but they mm. kept him in Sydney. Yeah, exactly, Ryan. Well, they were the features at Royal Ramick yesterday. Now, take your take one hat off and put on your form hat. My head's big enough I can put two of them on. That's what they'd always say to me. <laughs> uh, Sha Tin, uh, International Race Day. Tell us about the the, the Vars, the, the Hong Kong Vars. Race for the code, of course, is OS. This race, of course, 2,400 metres, only a small field. Yeah, it's usually
0: only a smallish field. Um, exultant for Tony Cruz and, and Zach Purton. He's going to battle out favouritism over Mogul. Exultant won this race two years ago, and he was third last year. His return run was quite good, and they're specifically setting for this race. I'm interested in Mogul, though, um, the Aiden O'Brien runner. Um, I don't know whether... Bally Doyle has won many of these international races at all, but they've won this mile and a half this far as a couple of times with and Reel, so they know the kind of horse they've got to send to Hong Kong. And Mogul was good in the Epsom Derby. Since then, he won a mile and a half in France, and he's coming off a, a nice run in the Breeders' Cup turf in America when fifth, so I'm Mogul ahead of Exultant
1: there. That's a seven over one. Mogul, not to be confused with the was mogul that raced here, the David Skane's train. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, look, all eyes, if there's going to be one race that, that putters will concentrate on, is the sprint because it features the Everest winner Classic Legend. So just so you know, time-wise, 4.40 Queensland, 5.10 if you're in SA, 4.10 in the Northern Territory, and Tassie listeners, 5.40. Tell us two things about Classic Legend. Firstly... Uh, how has he settled in, his preparation for this race? And the second question I'll put to you is um, the, the opposition, strong, weak or or in between. But firstly, what's been his background lead-up-wise?
0: Well, because of the quarantine, he had to pretty much go straight into quarantine after the Everest. And let's face it, that Everest was run at a ridiculous tempo. Ooh. I think from the stand start, Eduardo went 33-and-a-half, so it was upside down. All of the horses were off the bit, chasing a long way from home. So... Um, It would have been a tough run for them all. And then he's had to go into quarantine. Casper Founds is a top trainer. He's had some outstanding sprinters, travels horse as well. So classic legend is with the right man. But I know Casper has been a little bit concerned about the horse's fitness. He was uh, beaten. He ran third in a trial, up a straight thousand. I thought he was going to win the trial easily. He didn't. Um, but since then, I believe there's been positive vibes. I even spoke to Zach Purton during the week, uh, who's looking on the outside at him, and he says, um, I reckon he'll win. He's the horse that I'd want to ride. Um, and his gallop on Tuesday was really good, running 23-1 on the bit. So he's drawn gate one. The other question regarding the opposition... It's not a classic sprint this mm. year. Um, I thought if on Smash, the Japanese horse, had it drawn close to the rails. I probably would have backed him to to maybe test Classic Legend, but Danon Smash has drawn 14. So that pretty much, to my way of thinking, puts him out of play. So I've got to go with Classic Legend. Regarding the price, if you're betting on tab, it's a it's a, a commingled pool, and the Hong Kong punters usually back their own, and their own is Hot King Prawn, who was beaten to Whisker in this race 12 months ago, Size and Marrera. Um, they'll back him to the Cow's Come Home and I'm tipping the Classic Legends price on tab might be a lot better than elsewhere.
1: Okay, interesting thoughts there. What about the mile the race seven?
0: Well, Zach Purton believes the beauty Generation. well, he, he's, he doesn't mince words. He basically said he, he's passed it. He's just hoping for, for the best today from the good draw. He's been a wonderful horse beauty generation. He won this race back-to-back third last year, but he has been on the decline. Look, Golden 60 is the new superstar. He's won 13 of 14. Vincent Ho rides him. He's also riding classic legend, the local Chinese jockey, um, and he's, He's turned in some masterful rides on this horse that likes to find his legs get back in the field. So he's, he's got a great record for a horse that's got that running profile when often it's tempo-related, whether you win or, or you encounter traffic problems. So he knows this horse like the back of his hand. He's going to be the hot, hot favourite Golden 60. And I think he'll win. Admire Mars is there. He won this race last year from a better draw. Lovely ride by Christoph Sum- Sumion. But this year, Admire Mars has got gate 10. Ryan Moore takes over. He's still a quality horse. Uh, Kaying stars the likely front runner. Why Cuckoo was good in this race last year, but it all points to Golden 60 to win again. Race 7, number 2, and the Cup Race 8. Good, uh, good field in the cup this year. Magical. What a horse she's been for uh, Coolmore. 27 start, 12 wins, seven group ones. I'm going with the Japanese mare, though, Norm Corps. Zach perton 's picked up the ride because Christoph can't ride, so he's got a really good mount here in Norm She was good in the mile last year, just out sprinted when running fourth. But the 2000 I think is perfect for her. What about her gallop during the week? I think it was on, on Wednesday on the course proper. She ran the last 400 on her own in 21.7. And she was great in the Yasser to Kinnon earlier this year, taking rapid ground off arm and eye. So I reckon around about 10 bucks we can play
1: Normcore each way there in the cup. Race 8 number 8. I'm going to bet on Hong Kong today because you sounded very knowledgeable then. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you are or not, but you sound knowledgeable.
0: <laughs> well, I have done a little bit of the form this week, so... I, I
1: like that $10 for Normcore, race at number eight. Yeah. Hey, Mike, uh, apart from that, uh, in all seriousness, thanks for your, your time this morning. Um, uh, busy schedule, as always, but appreciate your contributions. Well, all right, thank you for that, David. Michael Maxworthy joining us this morning here on Pass the Post, and most importantly, thanks for your company. And I look forward to being with you again next Sunday, but uh, I'll be with you tomorrow morning on Press Room as well. Hope you can join me then. Bye-bye.